0: If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to open up to the book of 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. And as you turn there, I just want to pray for this time in our service. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to study your word. Father, your word is truth. Your word is good. We need it. Father, whether we want to admit it or not, whether we think that we need it or not, whether we know that we need it or not, Father, every one of us in this room is in need of Your Word. So we thank You for giving it to us. Father, please open our hearts to receive it with humility, with a desire to be changed more into the likeness of Christ. Father, thank you for this time. We give it to you. Please use it for our good and your glory. In Jesus' name, Amen. Guys, and maybe maybe ladies too. You got your you got your hunting spot ready. It's about that time. Put. A, <laughs> I, 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 put a, I put up a new tree stand this weekend, uh, me and my dad did, uh, it's in a secret place, don't ask me where it is, I can't tell you, you got your, got your weapon, you got your, do I, <laughs> yeah, I'm not telling Letty. <laughs> we don't tell her anything, <laughs> not anymore, that's my daughter if you don't know, we don't tell her things, because she tells everyone, um, you got your weapon it in? I got mine sighted in. My wife's weapon proved to be a little more difficult to sight in. I had to get some help with that one. My 270, it was right on. Uh, her 243, not so much, but we got the kinks worked out and this ready to go. Yes, my wife does go deer hunting. Um, she's killed two deer in her life and uh, they're both pretty nice bucks, so that's pretty impressive. Um, I think she thinks that that's what happens every time you go hunting. And uh, that's that's not the case. Um, I only get my rifle sided in, got my bow sided in, worked on that a little bit. Um, How's your favorite team, guys? You you got your, you got, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. okay, Um, yeah. (laughs) There was about half of you said yeah, and half of you just kept your mouths closed. (laughs) Uh, That's as much as we'll say about that this morning. I don't want to get in any trouble or anything. How's your fantasy team if you do that you got it ready for today um, I had to bench my quarterback because he got benched and so I figured I should bench him um, and uh, that he's just not doing well. So you got your hunt spot ready He's doing well you got your weapon cider in. you got your team um, ready to go. How's your relationship with the Lord doing? How was that this weekend guys was okay. Good, good. How's your wife if you're married? How is she? What's going on in her life? (laughs) Be careful. (laughs) Be careful. Be careful. I'm just going to be real. I I always try to be honest with you all. You always ahead of the curve? Okay, okay. I'm going to try to be honest, and um, I am. I was thinking about these questions earlier, and it was convicting. I know how my rifle's doing. I know how my hunting spot's doing. I know how my favorite team is doing. How is my relationship with the Lord doing? How is my wife doing today? First Peter, chapter three. Peter embarks on this passage in his letter where he directs attention to wives and their husbands in that order. And if you recall, what he's been doing throughout this letter is teaching Christians how they are to live their lives as exiles on mission. We, every one of us who is a Christian in this room, we are exiles, which means we don't belong to this world, but we belong to God. That's a pretty good trade-off if you ask me, but it comes with a unique set of challenges. And as exiles, we are to live our lives set apart from this world, and yet we live that way in the middle of this world, surrounded by this world. And so we're living for the things of the Lord Surrounded by people who aren't living for the things of this world. And that's hard. And we're living not just separate from the world, but we want to actually engage the world around us as we live differently than they're living. This is the life that God has called us to as exiles. It's the life where we live it on mission. And if you recall, back in chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, he introduced this mission It was twofold. On one hand, we are to not sin. We are to run from sin. We are to abstain from the passions of the flesh there in chapter 2, verse 11. And on the other hand, what are we to run to? We're to run to the mission of God. We are to run to a life full of good deeds so that those around us, even if they speak against us as evildoers, would be able to see our life that is full of good deeds and give glory to God on the day of visitation. We are exiles on mission And the strategy, the strategy for this mission that we are on is twofold. It is a strategy of submission and a strategy of suffering. So the first half of the section, chapter two, verse 13 through chapter three, verse 12, he's speaking about the submission part of this mission. And then in the rest of chapter three and the first half of chapter four, he's going to talk about the suffering part of this mission. Here we find ourselves coming towards the end of the strategy of submission. There's several different areas of submission that He has called us to live out in our lives. We saw the first one in verse 13, be subject to the governing authorities. In verse 18, be subject to your earthly masters. And in chapter 3, verse 1, be subject, wives, to your own husbands. So a couple of weeks ago we looked at verses 1 through 6 of chapter 3. But Peter doesn't stop there. He has a word for husbands as well. Verse 7, chapter 3 of 1st Peter. Likewise husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers May not be hindered. We could summarize chapter 3 verses 1 through 7 this way. The glad submission of wives to their husbands and the tender care husbands show their wives displays God's glory to a lost world. Remember, back up again. Chapter 3 verse 12. Our desire is that people would glorify God. I think I said chapter 3. Chapter 2 verse 12. We desire that people would glorify God. We can go to the end of this larger section in chapter 4, verse 11, and he ends this mission section with this. To him belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Our desire is to display God's glory to a lost world. And one of the ways we do that is in the context of our homes, specifically here in the context of our marriages, Last week, we, excuse me, a couple of weeks ago, we saw four truths for wives. I just want to remind you of them and then we'll spend the rest of our time talking about, about verse 7. We learned in verses 1 through 6 that wives, your submission to your husband points them to Jesus. And your submission to your husband displays submission to God. And your submission to your husband requires a redefinition of beauty there in verses 3 and 4. And wives, your submission to your husband puts you in the company of holy women. Verses 5 through 6. But then Peter turns his attention to the husbands. we want going to look at four truths this morning that Peter shares with husbands. Before we do that, I want to address just a few things that might pop into our minds as we look at verse 7. The first is this. Why is there only one verse for the husbands and six verses for the wives? I don't know if you've wondered that yet. Um, I think there is reason for that. Remember that Peter is addressing specifically people who are living in situations where they are being oppressed. Christians in oppressive situations. And in that focus on Christians in oppressive situations, the believing wife of an unbelieving husband, notice verse 1 of chapter 3, would have generally experienced more suffering than perhaps the believing husband of an unbelieving wife. In other words, there were many women in the church that Peter's writing to, and to these Christians in these churches that would have been living in an oppressive situation. At the same time, there would have not been as many of the husbands who were living in an oppressive situation. And so he's really focusing his, his attention on those that are living in these difficult situations. So that might be one reason why he would spend more time speaking to the wives than he does the husbands. And plus, there were probably more believing wives married to unbelieving husbands than believing husbands married to unbelieving wives. And so, just suffice it to say, Peter had good reason, especially in the context in which he was writing to, to spend a little bit, bit more time with the wives than he does with the husbands. I know the jokes, well, um, the husbands can't listen and pay attention long enough, so Peter's got to keep it short and sweet for them, okay? Okay. Um, don't degrade us too much, ladies. Um, we, do, we might have a short attention span, but if we turn to the marriage passage, passage in uh, the book of Ephesians, Paul spends more time with the men than he does with the women. Okay, So it kind of balances each other out. Another thing that I want to address here, because these four truths that I'm going to give you um, center around the word lead. wives wives are to submit to their husbands, husbands then are to lead their wives. But you're not going to see the word lead in verse 7. And so I want to to share with you why I think it's appropriate that we use the word lead. Because Peter used the word submit for the wives. That's why it's appropriate to use the word lead. Well, While he may not use that word here in verse 7, it's implied by the role that he is specifically assigned to the wife. If the wife is to submit, then it only makes sense that the husband would lead. Plus, that lines up with other Scripture. Again, I just referenced Ephesians chapter 5. There it says the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And so it is taught in Scripture that the husband has the role of leadership, loving leadership in the home. And so we're going to use this word lead. Third thing and last thing before we jump into these four truths is this word likewise. Likewise, husband. Now, here's what some in our society are going to want to do because, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, the idea of submission, the truth of submission of a wife to her husband is not a popular thing in our society. Um, If you think it is, then you have had your head stuck in the sand. It's not popular. Um, But what some will say is when we have this word likewise or in the same way, it's implying that husbands then should submit to their wives just as Peter just called wives to submit to their husbands. But number one, that can't, that can't be the case. One, that would contradict Paul's teaching in Ephesians chapter 5 that we just looked at. It would undermine the role of a wife submitting to her husband in a very unique way if the husband is just supposed to do the same thing back to his wife. And it misses the point of what the word likewise is talking about. It's not likewise submit, but likewise align your life with the mission of God. Remember the bigger picture here. He's calling Christians to live as exiles on mission. Likewise, husbands, you are to be living as exiles on mission as well. This is not teaching, that word likewise is not teaching mutual submission, but mutual mission. So we don't want to fall into that trap. And many in our society do. Four truths. I want to share those. Number one, husbands, lead your wives by living with knowledge. Husbands, lead your wives by living with knowledge. It says, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. Literally, that means, uh, that translation of the Greek there is according to knowledge. Live with your wives according to knowledge. Knowledge of what? Knowledge of who? I think it's twofold. I think we want to start with God. Live with your wives according to the knowledge of God. You've heard me quote A.W. Tozier in this way before, but I think it's important for us to be reminded of what he said. He said, what comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. And I agree with that. What comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. Why? Because that will direct and determine the course of action in every area of your life, including in your marriage relationship. Who God is to you, what you believe about Him, the place that you have given Him in your life, will have the greatest impact of anything else on your marriage. Husbands, the greatest impact on you and your wife and your relationship with her knowledge of God. Generally, I think generally, Peter's saying just know who God is, know what his will is for your life, know his commands. Know who God is. Spend time with him. Know His expectations for your life. Know what the Gospel of Jesus is. Know how to have a relationship with Him. And to know how to live with Him. Day to day to day. Generally, knowledge of God. And specifically, knowledge of God's principles and rules for marriage. Both what Peter is saying here, in other places in Scripture, where we find instructions about marriage. Husbands. Are you living with your wives according to the knowledge of God? That requires us to know God. That requires us to first be in a relationship with Him by having trusted in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation. Husbands, if you've never entered into a relationship with God, a saving relationship with Him, by placing your faith and trust in Jesus, it's impossible for you to live with your wives according to the knowledge of God. From what you have trusted in Him, it's not, it's not over at that point. That's just the beginning of growing in your understanding of who God is and what His will is for your life and what He's calling you to and how He's calling you to live as a man for Him. Oh, that our hearts be like the heart of the psalmist in Psalm chapter 42, verses 1 and 2. When he said, as the deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul pants for you, O oh God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Oh, that that would be the desire of our hearts, that more than anything else, men, that we would desire to know God. And to know Him better today than we did yesterday and tomorrow, know Him better than we did today. Just like that deer who's hot and thirsty is just longing for the refreshment of the water stream. Our hearts longing to be refreshed with the knowledge of God. How do we know about God? We know about Him through His Word. But it's not just knowledge of God here. Live with your wives according to knowledge. Live with your wives in an understanding way. We're not just supposed to understand who God is, but it is also a call to understand our wives. Live with your wives according to knowledge of God, but also knowledge of her. What makes her feel loved? What makes her feel loved? Husbands, what are the struggles that your wife Deals with or is dealing with now or dealt with this week? What are her desires and her dreams? What are her opinions and thoughts and suggestions? What makes her thrive? How does she deal with the joys and the sorrows of life? Live with your wives in an understanding way. One writer said this the cruelty which is hardest to bear is often not deliberate but the product of sheer thoughtlessness. Can I read that one more time? The ladies probably picked up on it, but guys, I had to read it a couple times, so I'm just going to assume that maybe you need to hear it again as well. The cruelty which is hardest to bear is often not deliberate, but the product of sheer thoughtlessness. Men, we do a lot of thinking Husbands, we think a lot. Our wives may not think that we do sometimes, but we do. We do a lot of thinking. The problem is that we often spend more time thinking about things of less importance and less time thinking about things of greater importance. So how do I have to live with my wife according to the knowledge of God and Knowledge of her. Well, it requires time and investment and energy. It requires you to spend more time reading God's Word than reading up on the latest hunting gear or the latest political opinions. It requires you to spend more time with your wife than with your golfing buddies. It requires you to spend more time memorizing Scripture than memorizing players' stats and bios and team scores. It requires you to spend more time planning ways you can serve and show love to your wife than you do studying the fishing charts than the fishing holes. It requires giving more energy to studying God's Word than restoring that old car it is. It requires you to place a greater priority on sitting with your wife and having a quality conversation with her about her day than sitting with the remote or your phone catching up on the news for the day. It requires you to get more excited about gathering with your church to grow in your understanding of God than gathering with your buddies to watch the game. It requires you to make sure your wife is emotionally and physically and spiritually cared for before making sure your fantasy team is ready for the weekend. Truth number two. Husbands, lead your wives by showing them honor through gentleness. Husbands, lead your wives by showing them honor through gentleness. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. What in the world does that mean? Well, there's some things that it doesn't mean. We'll start with those. It does not mean that your wife is mentally weaker than you. For some, of, for some of you, your wife is mentally superior than you. I'm trying to make you feel bad, but some really intelligent, smart ladies in this room. It doesn't mean intellectually weaker. It doesn't mean emotionally weaker. It doesn't mean spiritually weaker. We'll talk about that in just a minute. What in the world is Peter saying here? Let's not overthink it. Most of the time, generally speaking, the way that God has created men and women, in what way are... I already gave you this. I was going to ask you and I gave it away. Sorry. You know what I'm about to say now. What What is Peter talking about? Physical weakness. He's not saying that women are physically weak. He's saying that most of the time, the way God has created us, women are physically weaker than men. It's just true. It's just how God made us. Nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's a good thing because that's how God created us. And He created everything good. And so, as Peter is talking to these husbands, he wants to make sure that They realize and understand, live according with knowledge of how God has made them and how He has made their wives, that she is the weaker vessel, and therefore they are to show honor to her. They are to treat her with love and respect and gentleness. I want you to think about a way that this teaching of leadership and submission, specifically submission, could be twisted be twisted to think for someone to think, a husband to think my wife is supposed to submit to me which means I can push her around. Not even just metaphorically but even physically. I can push her around. I can make her submit. That's not the case at all. In fact in fact it's likely that some not all but some of the women that Peter was talking about in verses 1 through 6 would have been fearful as they turned away from the greek gods to serve the living god and their husbands were continuing to serve the greek gods that their husbands would abuse them and to make sure to make sure that there's no misunderstanding what Peter is saying. His teaching on submission in no way is validating or is in support of abuse of any kind. So he reminds the husbands, show honor to your wives as the weaker vessel. Submission doesn't give the right to the husband. Doesn't give the husband the right to abuse his wife. To treat them with care, and tenderness, and gentleness. Truth number three husbands lead your wives by viewing them as spiritually equal to you. I said we were going to come back to the spiritual thing in just a minute. Here we go. Husbands, lead your wives by viewing them as spiritually equal to you. This is important, husbands. We must see this. Verse 7, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. This is so important for us to understand as we wrap our minds around the biblical teaching of male leadership in the home and submission of the wife. What do we mean and what don't we mean? In what ways are we equal and in what ways are we not equal? It is possible. It is entirely possible for us to have equal worth as someone else, and at the same time have a different function or a different role that we are to live out. Our society wants to say that your worth is determined by your role. That your worth is determined by the part that you play. But that is not true. Our worth is determined by who God says we are. And everyone is created in His image, and those who have trusted in Jesus Christ are heirs with everyone else who has trusted in Christ of the kingdom of God. We see this clearly in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. Paul is talking about what it means to be a Christian and a part of the family of God. I'm actually going to start in verse 26. He says, For in Christ Jesus you are all, and he's speaking to men and women, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. Same thing here in 1 Peter. We know that Peter is writing to men and women because he addresses women in in chapter 3, verse 1. He's assuming that there are women reading this letter. He says, likewise, wives. So what else has he said in this letter? He says that all of his readers, all of these Christians, which includes women, includes the wives. Chapter 2, verse 5 are like living stones being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Verse nine, but you men and women equally are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness in this marvelous light. There's no different spiritual levels for men and women. We are equally heirs with one another of the grace of life. The kingdom of God. We are citizens, equal citizens in God's kingdom. But that doesn't negate the fact that we have different roles. So wife submits to her husband as a husband lovingly leads his wife together as equal heirs of the grace of life. They put on display for the watching world the magnificent glory of God as they line their lives up with God's design for this world, our homes, our marriages. Here's what that means, husbands. You should treat your wife as royalty. God does. A royal priesthood That's how God sees your wife. It's a part of the royal priesthood. I wonder if there's been any words that have come out of your mouth towards your wife. Any actions towards her or inaction that would be described as less than honor and royalty. writer said this, the honor or preciousness that the husband must bestow on his wife is not only the recognition of her place in God's ordinance of marriage, it is the honor that is hers as one of God's precious and holy people. If husbands fail to give that honor, their fellowship with their wives will suffer, and so will their fellowship with God. And that leads us to our fourth and final truth. Husbands, lead your wives by placing a high value on your relationship with God. Husbands, lead your wives by placing a high value on your relationship with God. There is a direct correlation, husbands, between your relationship with your wife and your relationship with God. Notice how Peter finishes this. He says, so that. Live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to her as the weaker vessel, since there heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Notice what Peter just said. He said that husbands, if we fail to live with our wives according to the knowledge of God and knowledge of her, showing honor to her, treating her as royalty, as equal in God's sight, God's not going to listen to our prayers. Your relationship with your wife has a direct impact on your relationship with your husband. He's even going to get into this for all of us in verse 12 when he says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil husbands. It is evil when we don't live with our wives in an understanding way. When we don't honor our wives as the weaker vessel. When we don't treat them as Fellow heirs of the grace of life, God sees that as evil, and it will hinder not only our relationship with our wife, but also with God Himself. But here's the thing I think Peter was trying to use that to motivate these husbands. He's writing to husbands who are believers here, they're heirs of the grace of life, they're Christians. And so he's assuming they will be motivated to live with their wives in an understanding way by realizing that it has a direct impact on their prayer life. Which means he's assuming that they have a prayer life that they value highly. But husbands, if we don't have a prayer life, husbands, if we don't value our relationship with God, Spending quality time with Him, this isn't going to be any motivation for us at all. Oh, so you mean the only thing it's going to do is affect my prayer life? Well, that's not that big a deal. If that's our response, we might want to question whether we are heirs of the grace of life. If we are exiles. If we are followers of Jesus. But, if you are your follower of Christ and you value your relationship with God, husbands, then you have great motivation. Not only to have a harmonious relationship with your wife, but to have a harmonious relationship with God. And so if you want to lead your wife well, then you must have a high value, place a high value on your relationship with God brings us right back to where we started. Are you yearning for the things of God? Like that deer longing for the streams of water. Is the most important thing in your life, husband, your relationship with God? Do you desire more than anything else to put Him first and to live for Him and for your life to line up with His Word To know Him better and better. To fall more and more in love with Him every day. Is that your heartbeat? Is that what drives you? If it is, then you have great reason to live with your wife in an understanding way. Someone said this, so concerned is God that Christian husbands live in an understanding and loving way with their wives that he interrupts his relationship with them when they do not do so. No Christian husband should presume to think that any spiritual good will be accomplished by his life without an effective ministry of prayer. That would be the same is true for ladies as well. We can't can't expect God to do things in our lives and use us for His glory if we're not spending time with God in prayer. The writer goes on and says, And no husband may expect an effective prayer life unless he lives with his wife in an understanding way bestowing honor on her. To take the time to maintain a good marriage is God's will. It is serving God. It is a spiritual activity pleasing in His sight. The glad submission of wives to their husbands and the tender care husbands show their wives displays God's glory to the world. Guys, people are watching how you treat your wife when she's around and when she's not around. They're listening to how you speak about her. Is it in a way that shows her honor? Or is it making fun of her? It's a way that's building her up. There's a way that tears her down. We're watching and listening. And we're on mission. And there are people who need the saving grace of God. And God has told us that the way that they are going to respond to the Gospel is for us to tell them the good news of Jesus and back it up by a life full of good works. And one of those good works is how we treat our wives. It's a gospel issue. It's a, it's a missional, mission critical issue, men. We cannot think that we are fulfilling the mission of God if we are not living with our wives in an understanding way. Showing honor to them. And so, men, husbands, can I put this before you? This challenge for you and for me. Let's live on mission for God. Let's do it. Let's live on mission for God. Let's stand up tall. Stand firm in our faith. Take action to live out the life that God has called us to live. Realizing that for husbands, one of the primary ways that you do that is in your relationship with your wife. for the glory of God. It's for the sake of the mission. For the care of your wife. So let me ask you again. How's your relationship with the Lord doing? Husbands? How's your wife doing? If you don't have an answer to that question, maybe you need to spend some time this week with her, finding out what the answer to that question is. I can promise you this. If you do, she will feel honored and understood. And God will be glorified. Let's pray. Father, we love You. We thank You for Your Word. It's hard. It's challenging. It's convicting. Father, I've wanted to drop to my knees in, in repentance Studying this passage in this one verse. Father. I just pray Lord for the men in this room. Those of us who. Are married. Father I I just pray that we would be humble enough. To admit our failure in this area. And faithful enough in our relationship with You to do whatever we need to do to put this verse into practice in our lives. Father, for the sake of our homes and our marriages, for the sake of our church and the witness of our church, Father, for the sake of the reputation of Jesus Christ among the nations. Father, we are on mission And this is a mission-critical area of our lives. We cannot think, Father, that we are men living on mission for You if we are not men living in an understanding way. For those precious women that You have put us in that unique marriage relationship with. Father, help me to live with my wife in an understanding way, showing honor to her. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.